This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Hello, I'm Samantha, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the literary lovesick podcast. Please don't forget me. Back to normal. I hope you enjoyed our writer's special. In this episode, Michael Williams joins us to talk erotica, writing, and his new title. Next month, we're taking a break to focus on season two. We may post a best of so far special episode, but we'll definitely be taking a short break. We will still post a secret word during this episode for those wanting to come on the show in the future. Talking of secrets, for those who still need something to listen to, we have a new secret podcast on Patreon called Shh, Extra Filth. It's edgy, controversial, and available to all tiers. Here's a preview. Headphones are recommended. And you're listening to Shh, Extra Filth, the secret erotica podcast. This podcast isn't going to be something deep and profound. It's just a venting space to slag off some imitators, shit-talking authors, and to talk honestly and frankly about some shit. Talking about shit. Fuck me. D. Can you get some different types of books to review this month? It's gone BDSM crazy. I'm grateful people are moving away from the old billionaire trope, but fuck me. Let's have some interracial or something. Let's read about someone sucking some black cock for a change. Some of the books this month were hot. One author even made upskirting sound cute. But in reality, it's not something I'd do. Here's why. Okay, story time. This is how you know some men are trash. So I used to have this guy obsessed with my ass. He loved to spank it, squeeze it, etc. Anyways, he always used to pester me about wanting to fuck it, which at the time I wasn't keen on, but my body, my rules, so... I told him if he wanted it, he'd have to eat it first. Long story short, he did and took his time doing it, tonguing my tight hole. (sighs) To be fair, for anal, he made the experience hot. But back to my point. Now the next day, a girlfriend of mine was doing some sexual livestream content and was looking to do some...
Shh. Extra Filth gives you behind-the-scenes opinions, views, and stories from the team behind all the filthy details. It's not censored, and it's not for everyone. Let's begin with our first story from the Erotic Diary series, Liaisons. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. Beck. 16th of January, 2020. But being friends was fine with me if that's what she wanted. That night, Cindy was with a girl I'd never seen before. As I watched, the girl looked up at me, probably after Cindy said something to her. I could see her blue eyes and bright white smile from across the room. She looked like she was 19. I'm sure she was older, or security would never have let her in the place. The two girls started walking in my direction. What's up, Beck? Cindy said. I smiled and she kissed me on the cheek. This is Asia, a friend of mine that's come to visit. I was instantly struck by Asia's beauty. She wasn't Asian, but she was compact, about five foot four. She had a tiny waist, perfect nose and firm breasts. Her long dark hair was definitely natural. You could tell that immediately. She was gorgeous. Hi Asia, I said, and I leaned in to give her a hug and a quick kiss on the cheek. She was surprised and she didn't pull away. She smelled incredible, vibrant. Hi, she said, her voice like a song. I quickly turned to Cindy, trying to avoid the appearance that I was gushing over Asia. This is Asia's first time in a club like this. Kind of wanted to see what it was like. She's from the States, Cindy says. I told her she had to meet you if you were here, and, well, here you are. Well, I am certainly glad you introduced us. Where are you from, Asia? Kansas, she said, quietly enough that I had to strain to hear her own music. I didn't expect her answer, but her tanned skin made a little more sense. My time in the service took me overseas, but I'd actually never been to America. Never been, I say. Is it as beautiful as you are? She blushed, and my heart skipped a beat. I told you she was a sweetheart, Cindy said, smiling at our side. I thought you two would hit it off. She explained, adding a not-so-subtle wink at the end of the sentence. I look over at Asia, who seemed not to hear what Cindy said. Her smile was radiant. She just seemed to be enjoying herself. Maybe we can get out of here, I said to Asia. Head back to my place where it's a little quieter? Cindy smiled at me, knowing that I got her message. Asia looked up at me and then at Cindy. It was the first time I saw her smile falter since I'd met her. She looked scared. I am sorry, I quickly added. I just thought it would be nice to get away from the pounding music to a place where we could talk a little without screaming. It's not that, Asia said. She was timid like a deer caught in the headlights. I wanted to say something to put the smile back on her face again. It made sense. A young woman in a new country should not be taking chances with someone she'd just met. I wasn't sure how this would all work, but I wanted to make sure that Asia was comfortable. The smile returned, and she nodded her head. Excellent, I heard myself saying as I drained my drink. I put the glass down on the bar and turned back to the girls. We headed toward the door and found ourselves at my flat within moments. 
Cindy walked around the large living area looking at the few paintings I had on the walls as I made drinks for the three of us. Asia sat on my couch, her hands on her thighs, still looking like the timid lamb that she was. I still didn't quite know how this is going to work. Cindy and I had never been together and we seemed to like it that way. Would she just check out if things got hot and heavy between Asia and me? That seemed to make the most sense. It was early. There was no reason to rush things along. I stared at the young American beauty that sat on my couch. She was fabulous. Her button-down shirt was fastened up to the collar, offering no view of her cleavage. It made her sexier. I brought the drinks over to the couch, placing them on the coffee table. I sat down on one side of Asia and Cindy sat down on the other. To meeting new people, I said. We toasted our glasses, which were full of gin and tonic, not too strong, and took a sip. I would love to hear all about Kansas. America's on my list of places to go, but I had intended to go to New York and maybe California. But if everybody in Kansas looks like you, I may want to change that. Asia blushed again, and then she stared up at me. I don't want to talk about Kansas, she said. Cindy said you could teach me things. I knew what she meant, but I thought it was important that she said it out loud. It would give Cindy the chance to excuse herself and the night could proceed. I shifted myself on the couch. I was facing Asia who was looking back across my living room. What kind of things would you like to learn? Like being with a woman, she purred the lilt of her voice shooting straight to my pussy. She turned to face me. I was already wet before she spoke her next sentence. Beck, would you teach me what it's like to be with a woman? I would love to, I said. Slowly I leaned forward and kissed her on the lips. It was gentle, soft. She didn't pull back she didn't kiss me back right away either. When I pulled away, she stared at me. Her face was not in a smile anymore. Instead, she was almost expressionless. God, she was so fucking beautiful. I leaned in to kiss her again, covering her mouth with mine. She pressed her tongue inside my mouth. Pure heaven. I've been with many women before. I didn't know what it was about this girl, but she tasted amazing. At that time when I pulled away, a strand of saliva connected our mouths and she giggled. <laughs> oh, that was nice, she said, now soothed. Her hands reached up to her shirt and she slowly started to unbutton it. I watched her fingers like they would reveal the first pair of tits I had ever seen. I practically held my breath in anticipation as she got to the last button. I wanted her to think she was in control, which is always so important for first-timers. But this time, she was really in control. She opened her shirt and her bright red bra sat high on her chest, constraining her breasts. I could see her nipples pushing through the fabric. They wanted to get out. I wanted them to be released. She pulled her arms out of her sleeves and dropped the shirt to the floor. She reached behind her back and unclipped her bra, holding it in front so it didn't fall forward until she was ready. The suspense was killing me. Asia looked into my eyes and then down at her own chest, forcing me to follow her gaze. 
Then slowly, ever so slowly, she peeled her bra off her breasts until they were completely in view. Her head rose slowly to look up at me again. I swallowed hard and met her eyes. They were worth the wait. Do you want to touch them? My hands were on them before the sentence was complete. She let out a low moan as my hands ran across her skin. My thumbs traced across her nipples as I watched them. And then I felt her hand behind my head as she pulled me closer to her chest. I opened my mouth to receive one of her nipples and sucked it between my lips. My tongue lapped at it slowly as I caressed her other tit. The sound that came from her as I slid my tongue down between her breasts was incredible. I pulled her closer to me as I sucked her other nipple. Fuck, I heard her say. Your tongue is like satin. She had no idea, I thought, as I ravished her chest with my tongue and lips. When I finally came up for air, her hands were massaging my neck. She pulled me forward and covered my mouth with hers. We twisted our tongues together as we pulled each other closer. My pussy was wet and I couldn't wait to get my clothes off. As her lips left mine, I reached down for her hand. She smiled at me and as I got up to guide her from the couch, I saw another set of hands on her breasts. I'd forgotten all about Cindy who hadn't left yet. I watched her hands as they caressed Asia's tits from behind. Her thumb and fingers gently pulled on Asia's nipples. I looked back up into Asia's face and she smiled at me before turning to face Cindy. Their mouths met and any chance that I had of not flooding my knickers flew out the window. I watched their two tongues dart in and out of their mouths as I lifted myself from the couch. When they broke from their kiss, I reached for Asia's hand once more. She stood from the couch, giggling, <laughs> and then reached down for Cindy's hand. It was Cindy's chance to leave if she wanted. I watched her take Asia's hands and stand up. She smiled and walked over to me. We looked at each other as friends for one moment. One moment more before it all changed. Then her mouth was on me. My tongue was inside of her mouth as I felt a hand slip under the back of my skirt. I couldn't tell whose hand it was. And the mystery was adding to whatever erotic magic was happening as I closed my eyes. When I pulled away from Cindy, I looked down. Asia was on her knees in front of me. She dragged my skirt down from over my hips and her hand reached up to press against my soaking wet knickers. I glanced at Cindy and then back down at Asia as she slid my thong down over my thighs. I heard her giggle and then her fingers were reaching up as I watched before they slid tentatively up and down my wet slit. She stared at her own fingers as if she were touching a flower for the very first time. That beautiful innocent face that I wanted to see screaming in a short while as she orgasmed again and again. I looked back at Cindy and she smiled at me before she reached down lifting my shirt up. I raised my arms as she pulled it over my head. My firm tits popped out on my chest. I'd always been very proud of my body. I worked out a lot to keep it in shape. But that was the furthest thing from my mind as I gazed at Cindy's lips, wanting them to suck on my breasts. She bent her head down, pulling my nipple into her mouth. Her teeth scraped across my sensitive nub. 
Asia was still toying with my pussy, experimenting with her fingers as she gently prodded me. I was naked, minus my short heels in the middle of my living room as these two women were ravishing me. After several minutes, I shook my head to get my wits about me and took a deep breath. I looked down at the two women touching me and thought this would make more sense in the bedroom. Clarity is a wonderful thing, but that all slipped away from me as Cindy's tongue slid between my two tits and then slowly slid down over my stomach as she kneeled next to Asia. I looked down to watch her reach for Asia's hand and pull it away from me. Like this, honey, she instructed her. Cindy slid her head between my legs and her tongue dipped into the folds of my pussy. I let out a moan, something I often try to control. This was way too much for any woman. I looked at Asia who was studying Cindy as she slid her tongue up and down my pussy. I placed my hands on Cindy's shoulders and gently bucked against her. Her hands reached up to spread my legs. Her tongue drove down the front of my pussy, pressing up inside of me. She whined loudly as she tasted me and I moaned back. Her silk tongue pressed in and out of me and I felt like I was ready to burst. Before that could happen, Cindy slid her tongue out and coasted her hands up and down my thighs. Your turn, Asia. Are you ready? I vaguely hear her say yes because my ears could only hear the pounding of the blood that was coursing through my Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this. I think she's ready. I heard Cindy say. As she said this, two fingers slid up inside my pussy and the cry that escaped me was an indication of pure pleasure. I squatted down on the fingers inside of me, one in my ass and two in my pussy. Oh, God, I moaned. I felt some shuffling beneath me. The fingers were We're now on Patreon. Our offer is fantastic. You'll get access to all our literary lovesick audiobooks for a price that is comparable to a single ebook. You can end your subscription at any time, and you'll still be able to keep your books. We also have more exclusive content, and even the option to put your character in our books. Head over there now and get your first glimpse of the newest title in Season 2 of the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. Can we say an enormous thank you to Annabelle Brito, who suggested the name not only for this podcast episode, but also for our Patreon-exclusive one, too. We also would like to thank Author Stu, Milwaukee Mob, Alexandra Dominique, Guy White, and A.N. Onatop for their suggestions as well. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Spotlight on eroticists time. Hello, Michael. Good to see you back. We've been reading your book, Chrissy's Training, ahead of the release of the sequel, Chrissy Evolves, and we've really enjoyed it. If I were to sum up this title for our readers... I'd say our protagonist, in an effort to save a relationship that has descended into a sexual rut, embarks on a journey of sexual education of the performance kind. For couples who have fallen into tedious, predictable sexual practices, do you think erotica can help reignite some of the spark needed? Or do you think a realistic sex school could be warranted? 
I absolutely think erotica can be the spark some couples need. Any member of a couple in a long term, by long term I'm thinking multiple years, who tells you that every sexual experience with their significant other is mind-blowing or the best sex ever is lying. The truth is, the vast majority of sex in a relationship is unimaginative. I'm not trying to put down everyday sex. The best part of a long-term relationship is hopefully you learn your partner's needs and they learn yours. This opens the door to consistent, pleasurable, orgasmic sex. However, if your only move is the same old go-to move you use every time, you will fall into a rut. For my friends who aren't comfortable discussing sex in detail, I explain it like this. If you have vanilla ice cream for dessert every night, you will be happy. But sometimes you need a few sprinkles or caramel drizzle on top to liven things up. Even if you are getting your ice cream every night, there will still be the occasion when what you desire is a massive brownie sundae with sprinkles, chocolate and caramel drizzle, maybe an extra scoop of ice cream just for fun. It's not an every night sort of thing, but sometimes you just want to indulge. So if you find yourself in a rut, how do you break out of it? There are many options. Each person could write down five experiences they desire, and their partner could commit to doing the ones they are comfortable with over the next few weeks or months. For some couples, it could be as simple as a weekend away or some new lingerie. Where I think erotica can be a great help is there is truly a book or story out there for everyone. If one partner has a desire to introduce light restraints or bondage into the bedroom, both could read books with this theme to grow more comfortable with it and use the books as conversation starters. Books can be found for panty fetishes, public sex, pegging, and countless other desires. Another advantage of erotica is its controlled pace as opposed to its video counterpart. You can absolutely search light bondage on the internet and find countless videos, but it can pull you into a rabbit hole quickly and you find yourself looking at a video of a man hanging from a ceiling, being flogged, and it's hard to tell if he's enjoying it or not because the ball gag in his mouth is making every sound he makes unintelligible. Please don't mess misunderstand. I'm not knocking hardcore BDSM, which you can find plenty of in erotica. I, I'm just saying that if a couple feels they're in a rut, or one partner wants the other to explore something new, erotica is a great way to introduce the new desire or provide that spark in an easily controlled way. The second part of your question was about if a realistic sex school could be warranted. I guarantee if you looked hard enough, you could find a sex school very similar to the one found in Chrissy's training. The glory of fiction is that everything can work out perfectly if the author wants it to. How great is it that they only live 45 minutes from the school, and that Chrissy has a job where she doesn't have to explain to her boss why she needs a week off? So while a week at sex school may not be a viable option for most of us, if you look around, you will find something similar that could provide that education or spark. A bit of the inspiration for this book is a local store about 30 minutes from my house. They sell lingerie, sex toys, and erotica, with a focus on promoting a positive body image and sexual health. On Sunday nights, they hold classes that require a ticket to attend. The classes are for adults, singles and couples are welcome. 
the rules are very clearly laid out. Every participant must remain respectful and fully clothed. The classes range from things as low kink as sensual massage and an introduction to sex toys to the more risque such as advanced oral sex skills and safe BDSM. I can guarantee mine is not the only city with a store like this. If someone feels an experienced hand could help them become more confident sexually, I encourage them to seek that help out. Sexual advocates are available and they are happy to help. One of the things that comes up in this book is how Chrissy feels about initially learning her partner is turned on by someone else. Do you think it's important to let your partner know about the people who are a turn-on for both of you? This is always something that should be discussed. It's one thing to admit a celebrity crush or say you think an actress or the singer in a band is sexy. Everyone expects this and they think nothing of it because the chances of meeting your celebrity crush are slim, and the chance of meeting them and having a spontaneous sexual encounter are almost non-existent. It's entirely different if the object of your sexual thoughts is a frequent contact. If you find yourself sexually attracted to your coworker, or you realize every time your neighbor is in their hot tub, you find a reason to go out on your deck and say hello, you should tell your partner. If the relationship is strong, it can easily move past to simple admitting that, yes, this person I see often is sexually attractive. However, if a partner tries to hide or deny the attraction, and the truth later comes out, it could cause many more doubts and fears to arise. No one should fault their partner for what is in a way out of their control. Our sexual attraction to another is one of our most primitive functions of our brain. Humans still evaluate others as a potential mate. So yeah, if Jane looks outside and sees her neighbor Henry fixing his fence, then Henry takes off his shirt because it's too damn hot outside, Jane should not be embarrassed to take a second or third look at Henry's sweat-covered muscles. And if Dave attends a PTA meeting, and midway through, Maria unbuttons another button on her blouse and pulls up her hair because the AC can't handle the heat, and he starts to fantasize about her giving him head, that's okay. What should happen is when Dave gets home to Jane and asks how she's doing, she should say that she's good, because while she ate, Henry did topless home improvement, so she got dinner and a show. When Jane asks about the PTA meeting, Dave should tell her that Maria's attempts to cool off only got him hotter. They can laugh it off because they are open and honest, then take advantage of the fact that someone else handled the foreplay so they can get down to business. I am curious about your answer to a question which was asked of a character in the book. One man was asked about his preference of a groomed vagina. Sorry to put you on the spot, but we need to know what is your preference? This is another example of fiction and nonfiction not quite lining up. While the character in the book favors Chrissy's completely hairless look, I myself prefer a well-maintained patch of pubic hair. I try to write a wide variety of characters in my books, both in personality and physical looks. If every character was just a slight variation of my ideal, I think that would get very boring. As with any physical look, it is only sexy if it is matched with self-confidence. 
A guy can have a great physique, but if he is self-conscious about his crooked nose and receding hairline, he will not come across as sexy. Two women can have very similar figures, both with large breasts. But if one loves her breasts and the attention they draw, but the other is very self-conscious about them, they will come across as having very different amounts of sex appeal. Confidence is sexy. Clearly, this is an erotica title, but I do have to ask this. Do you think there is a villain in this story or the overall series? I don't see any character as a villain. There are parts of the story where I can absolutely envision the reader being annoyed or even a little angry with the character, but not to the extent of villainy. Most of the conflict in the book is internal that sometimes manifests itself sexually. Chrissy clearly struggles with wanting to be the partner her husband wants, but not being willing to submit to him without question. Daniel struggles with the battle between his carnal desires and his emotions. Tracy has to walk a fine line the entire book. What more can you tell us about the sequel? The sequel picks up shortly after book one concludes. Chrissy is fully embracing her newfound confidence in ways that even surprise Daniel. He becomes the one who has questions and doubts. As he learns more about her experiences at school, he has to come to grips with the fact that he might not be able to fulfill all of her needs, both physically and emotionally. Many of the characters from the first book appear again, and I introduce a few new ones. Do you want to give us a preview? I'd be happy to give you a preview. This is from Chapter 6 in Chrissy Evolves. Chrissy hurried through her morning routine so she could be ready when he got out of the shower. She had just finished getting everything set when he shut off the water. He stepped out to see her sitting naked on the edge of the bed with her back toward him. She looked over her shoulder and said, the first, the first position we tried last night was the side of the bed, right? Yes. Let's do it again, but make sure you come this time. Okay, Daniel said as he walked toward her. Chrissy let him get just in front of her before she laid back and rested her feet on his shoulders. He looked down to line his cock up. His eyes got big when he saw her little pink butt plugs sticking out of her ass. What's this all about? He asked as he slapped his cock against the plug, making it shake in her ass. Just something I've been toying with. Daniel slid his cock in her pussy and rocked his hips three or four times before, before he fully penetrated her. Slide back until only your head is in, then push all the way back in slowly. He did as she asked. Again, he obeyed. Ten more times, nice and slow. He followed her lead, and after the tenth time, she said, I've read that the plug makes my pussy much tighter on your dick. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, I like it. You're going to like what I have planned next even more, but first I need you to start fucking me faster. Daniel immediately began to thrust into her. With each rapid movement, he could feel the underside of his dick pressed firmly against the walls of her cunt. He could almost feel the shape of the plug inside her, and his balls crashed into the handle repeatedly. He didn't think it could get any better until she tightly flexed her muscles like she was doing Kegel exercises. Oh my god. What? Chrissy asked coyly. Oh, fuck. 
That sounds good. Fuck me as fast as you can. Daniel was pistoling in and out of her as fast as he possibly could. He was completely overwhelmed by the sensations she was giving him. It was like she was giving him a hand job with her fist clenched tight, but instead of her hand, it was her warm, soft cunt gripping his cock. His eyes closed as he grabbed her thighs and fucked her as fast as he could. Yeah, baby, fuck me. Fuck my tight little pussy. Chrissy watched as he passed the breaking point. She relaxed her muscles and felt his cock spasming deep inside her. Before he was even done, she could feel cum dripping down her ass. Daniel stumbled backwards and slipped out of her. She stood up and made her way to the bathroom to get cleaned up while he just tried to remain upright on rubbery legs. He was still trying to regain his composure when she returned. She had not planned on doing anything else to him at that time, but she saw him standing there with his softening dick still covered in cum and decided to help him out. She knelt in front of him and took him in her mouth. He moaned as her tongue circled him and she sucked him clean. She looked it up at him and asked, So was it good for you, baby? That was fucking amazing. Good. She stood up and stepped behind him, then nudged him towards the bathroom. She wanted a moment of privacy, but she didn't want to tell him why. She was happy when he stumbled away, still weak in the knees. When he returned to the bedroom, she was gone. For those new to you, how can people follow you? What websites are you active on? People can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Michael underscore erotica. And all of my books are available on Amazon. Thanks for joining us. I know you were busy this month. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed this experience. And for those of you listening who have a story in your head, but you're not quite sure you're ready to share it, I think you should. Six months ago, I started writing, and now I have my fifth book coming out, and I'm being interviewed on a podcast. I hope you go out there and chase your dreams. Our secret word is forgotten. Time to hand you over to Filth, the erotic book review. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> this is Filth, the erotic book review. Each month, we review three authors submitted erotica titles with the aim of recommending one book for our star recommendation. This month, we have a diverse offering of books featuring the likes of Japanese-style shibari to fantasy liaisons with mystical beings. Lots to chop up here. So, let's get started. Bound for Her Art by H. Parker Kneel, he instructed, placing a pillow on the floor for her comfort. She knelt. She felt him connect her ankles and wrists with the double column ties. She strained to see what it looked like, but she could barely move without losing her balance. He must have sensed her distress as he disappeared into the bedroom. He returned with some objects she could not make out. He turned her towards the television and turned it on. As soon as the TV came on, she knew he had set up a camera behind her as the most erotic display of knots and skin was displayed on the screen. A small part of her panicked. If there was a time to use the safe word, surely it was now that she was trussed up. She could not reconcile the goody-two-shoes inside her with the intense feeling of arousal. She nearly orgasmed seeing herself tied like that. 
Her breathing was ragged with arousal, panting with need, her thighs soaked. Paul walked around, leaving the camera on for her to see. He had removed his own shirt and stood in front of her. She was staring at the bulge in his pants and was suddenly hungry for a taste. Hardison Parker breathes new life back into the tired BDSM erotica scene by embracing old Asian practices in her writing. In this title, we see Claire randomly paired up with Paul to work together on an art project. When Claire stumbles upon evidence that Paul had a secret desire of tying her up, her curiosity is intrigued. The pair embark on a journey of embracing the Japanese art of shibari, rope bondage, and, of course, some scorching hot sex. Lockdown and Dirty Guy White Leah was breathing harder, but hadn't stopped making the desperate groaning sound. I enjoyed whatever game she was playing, and she was definitely getting something out of this arrangement. I wasn't sure what that meant, but at the moment, I had more immediate concerns. I stopped once I was all the way in and waited. The groaning was replaced by a quiet whisper I could barely hear. Please, 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 please. As much as I was enjoying torturing her, it was also torture for me. I gave in to what we both wanted. I was pulling almost all the way out before thrusting back in, picking up speed with each stroke. The whisper stopped replaced not by the desperate groan, but by rapid breathing. I went even faster and could feel my orgasm building. Oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm gonna come. Don't stop, please don't stop. I'm gonna... Leah was cut off by her own scream. I was done for. I grabbed a towel and quickly wrapped it over my cock catching the cum as I let out an extended moan. I didn't want to accidentally get any on Leah or her bed. She pulled out a dildo, setting it on the bedside table along with her vibrator. Then, she took a deep breath and released it as a long extended. She rolled to her side and looked at me. That was fun, she grinned. Yes, it was, I answered, locking eyes with her. If there was more to read there, I couldn't tell. This podcast is a global affair, but I'm sure most of us can relate to being stuck at home during the lockdown. But what if your lockdown circumstances were sexually provocative? Perhaps your neighbors are having more sex and your flatmate of the opposite sex, which you're attracted to, has a sexy body that is always on display. This is basically the dilemma that Andy is burdened with. Stuck in his apartment with his attractive flatmate Leah, the pair find themselves constantly getting turned on by their exhibitionist neighbors. As a contingency plan to cope better and coexist, Leah suggests a number of actions to ease their attitudes to wearing clothing and masturbating, amongst other things as this book progresses. Radley's Home for Horny Monsters. Annabelle Hawthorne, she worked the base of his cock with one hand, running the other across his naked thigh. Her mouth was hot, the water in the top restoring warmth to his body 
that he hadn't been aware he had lost. Bobbing her head up and down, Naya let out little gasps of pleasure. Oh my, she said, popping her mouth free. Oh, oh. Please, Naya. Mike pulled her head back down on his dick by her hair. She worked his shaft frantically now, moaning into his crotch. She paused to swirl the water at her side with a finger, summoning a giant cock made of water. It positioned itself behind her ass, and she sank down onto it with a sigh. Mike clutched the side of the tub, the sight of Naya being spit-roasted, sending him close to the edge. Tiny sparks formed all along his skin, crawling down and across Naya. Her eyes grew wide as Mike's orgasm built, a strangely cold sensation that pulled heat from his limbs. The lights in the room flickered, and water splashed everywhere, whereas Mike clawed frantically at Naya's scalp. Naya grabbed his ass cheeks, taking him in as deeply as possible. Fuck! Mike's balls contracted as he blasted a huge load into Naya's mouth. When his orgasm subsided, the sparks in the room all leapt onto Naya. She held onto his waist, sucking deeply as another contraction hit him. Naya swallowed frantically as she came, moaning loudly on his dick, semen leaking from her nostrils as he filled her faster than she could swallow. That strange surge of electricity flowed back into Mike through Naya's mouth, and he came again. Her cheeks bulged as she gave up, openly drooling cum as he creamed her mouth again. The sparks left again, crawling across her skin until she screamed into his dick, the sparks jumping back on Mike. A man with deep-rooted sexual trauma inherits an unlikely home with some unexpected occupants. Mike quickly discovers a secret behind the mystical mansion as, little by little, he is introduced to the supernatural beings who dwell within. His sexual encounters include a nymph, a banshee, a troll, and many more. Mike's journey is one of sexual healing, self-discovery while battling his own demons, and even real ones, as he tries to protect his new home from those wanting to unlock its secrets. We asked this episode's special guest, Michael Williams, what he thought about these books. Here's what he had to say. Once again, you chose three different titles that showcase the beauty of erotica. Each book approaches the reader from an entirely different viewpoint. I can proudly recommend all three. Lockdown and Dirty is a beautiful slow burn, both emotionally and physically. The story of Andy and Leah starts out as innocent conversations between two roommates. A spark provided by a neighbor gets both thinking about the other as a sexual partner. Their conversations give the reader a glimpse into the reservations they both have. They must decide if they will ignore their feelings or let what seems so natural happen. Bound for her art has Claire in a state of sexual frustration from the start. Her assignment with Paul does not seem to be the cure for her frustration until something catches her eye. Suddenly, her thoughts are centered on what he can do for her 
and if she can handle it. Radley's Home for Horny Monsters is a great example of fully immersive erotica. From the first page, you are pulled into another world. Readers follow Mike through a path of awakening as he battles past demons as well as new ones. The descriptions of his sexual encounters with non-humans are incredibly detailed, and the vivid world created is easy to picture and impossible to escape. For those looking to completely let go, I suggest Bound for Her Art. For those looking for a sweet embrace, read Lockdown and Dirty. And for those who need an escape with vivid sexual content, pick up Radley's Home for Horny Monsters. We also asked Kat to help us break these books down. Here's what she thought. I'm going to start with Lockdown and Dirty. Loved it. It's a masturbation-heavy tale of voyeurism and entrapment within a lockdown setting. I love the way the story is told through the unsure eyes of our protagonist. It's clear that he's burdened with a duty of decency, while his flatmate is more concerned with satisfying their primal urges. The story progresses with her gradually pushing the narrative to more carnal activities until she gets what she's after all the time. <laughs> Loved it. Then we have Bound for Her Art, a story about an unlikely couple brought together and probably embracing the art of shibari, Japanese rope bondage. What starts as an educational art project climaxes into a hot sex scene in this mini title. Are you a quality over quantity type person? Sorry, I'll take three scoops of decent quality ice cream over one scoop of luxury ice cream every day of the week. This wet the palate and left me frustrated. I needed more. Thankfully, I hear more is on the way. Finally, let's talk about Radley's Home for Horny Monsters. This was so fun to read. You wouldn't believe it. I think what this had that the other titles lacked, to a certain extent, was unpredictability. The chapters are cleverly planned to pull you back into the story, and the cast is filled with a diverse cast of memorable, iconic characters. As erotica fantasy books go, this feels like a must-read. In an ideal world, I'd like to recommend all these books, but I realize that's not too helpful. So, out of my own personal preference, I'd like to recommend Lockdown and Dirty. Although, I'd be the first to concede that technically, Radley's Home for Horny Monsters was probably the best written book here. I don't know. I think good erotica is supposed to make you feel something, and it's just a little bit easier when it's relatable for me. Thanks. So, let's scrutinize these titles a bit further and award our star recommendation. Bound for Her Art is a 4.1 out of 5. I want to think a great short title can always rival a great long title, but there's an art to executing that. I was reading this book, the buildup, etc. was leading me to believe I was just looking at the tip of the iceberg. What was here was good, but with so much of the book building up to the short climax, I can understand a reader's thirst for more. Also, these chapters were some of the quickest I've ever seen while reviewing books. 
I think this book would be suited more to people who enjoy reading on a mobile phone. Lockdown and Dirty, 4.4 out of 5. This was so much fun to read, I can't recommend it enough. The pacing was great for what appears to be a debut, and the concept was brilliant. I really want you to enjoy the twists in this book when you purchase it, but what I would say is once momentum starts, we know exactly where the book is heading. We could even cite similarity of our characters being oblivious to what's going on around them, similar to a viewer being frustrated that Lois Lane doesn't know Clark Kent is Superman. Radley's Home for Horny Monsters, 4.6 out of 5. Sometimes it's not just enough to read a book, you just stop and have the urge to tell everyone to stop what they're reading and read this book alongside you instead. This felt like one of these titles. It has everything. A troubled protagonist, mysteries, drama, conflict, and a full cast of iconic characters. Once more, this is a true erotica title, bursting to the seams with gripping, descriptive sex scenes. We're going to make Radley's Home for Horny Monsters our star recommendation. I'd go a step further and say this book is so impressive that it may even have won our star recommendation if it was pit against our other previous winners. As a book, it makes bold choices, like a protagonist damaged by their abusive mother to think of his sexual impulse as shameful. It weaves the past of others to become relevant in the current timeline and builds a safe environment of sexual healing and family worth fighting for. All of these books feel like must-reads, and to put things into perspective, had Lockdown and Dirty been pit against another two books with a 4.4 score, it would have won our star recommendation. But for now, a standard recommendation will have to suffice. Remember, links can be found in the description. Would you like your title review on the show? Reach out to us on Twitter. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Internet watch time. Much more activity on our erotic feed Reddit page. Salacious Scribbles posted a link to his webpage full of erotica stories a must-visit. Paula Dexter posted a link to her book, Three Strippers and 18 Soldiers, part of a three-book bundle. Taylor Maddings posted a sample chapter from her star recommendation winning book, The Officer's Hands, part of a three-book bundle, steamy hot. Michael Ferry posted a link to his book, First Time with a Tea Girl. H. Parker posted a link to the sequel of the book we reviewed today, Submit to Her Art. Art of Passion, book two. We definitely need to read that. If I was you, I'd get the bundle. And Lilith K. Duat posted a lesbian erotic audio story called I Do. If you love our podcast, you'll definitely enjoy checking that out. Find the link in the description or in our erotic community on Reddit. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Want some more erotica? Let's hear something from the Erotica Diary of Natalia, the rare project that started it all for us. Only available in full on Patreon. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. 18th of March, 2020. Honestly, it was almost as though he knew I masturbated over him last night. The way George looked at me today his eyes penetrating through mine. Hello, Natalia, 
he said in that smooth, deep voice. How's your week going? I was shaking as I spoke with him. We hardly broke eye contact. I'm sure he knows I fancy him, but I also think he might fancy me too. Tomorrow I'm wearing my favourite low-cut blouse to work with a sexy perfume. I've just bought a new perfume which claims to be seductive. It's called Decadence. 19th of March, 2020. Well, the low-cut blouse worked. I caught George looking at my breasts, and he also invited me for a drink after work tomorrow. It is Friday after all, he said, smirking at me slightly. I agreed too readily, which made him laugh a little. I'll look forward to it, he said. Maybe you can show me somewhere trendy. I rolled my eyes. He was doing that thing that older men sometimes do, playing on their age a bit and exaggerating my youth. I've heard it before. Besides, trendy? I always go to the biker bar, and I'd not fancy taking him there. I was almost tempted by the thought of his reaction, but no, I fancy him too much. I'm keen to impress George. Oh, I hope it goes somewhere tomorrow night. I'm so horny when I think of him. I'm going to take him to a quiet cocktail bar that's underground. It has cosy booths and we won't be able to help sitting close to each other. 20th of March, 2020. George kissed me tonight. It didn't go any further, but it was a kiss that was full of desire. Hot, long and promising. Promising more. We were sitting in the booth at the little cocktail place and we'd had a couple of drinks. He told me he had to leave soon, then leaned in. Our lips lingered on each other's and our tongues danced together. I'm still giddy, literally dizzy from excitement and lust. I've never been so excited about going back to work on Monday. I don't even want the weekend. I just want to see George again. We didn't swap numbers, so my only way of contacting him is via his work email. I don't know if I can or should. I might just have to wait. Ugh. 21st of March, 2020. Angela and Lisa have been together in the flat again today, and I heard them arguing. Lisa said some truly horrible things to Angela, and I wanted to intervene. You couldn't cope without me, she said. You're a crappy hairdresser with one friend of your own. I guessed that was me. Angela said nothing as Lisa continued to taunt her. You know as well as I do, everyone on the scene is my friend, she said. I hated what I was hearing. She was trying to trap Angela in the relationship. It was obvious. And why? I couldn't get my head around it. They didn't seem to enjoy each other's company most of the time. They've gone out now, together. I don't envy anyone who's in their company. I've been with them before when they're rowing and they don't even try to hide it. Lisa sits with a face like a smacked ass, and Angela drinks twice as fast as usual. Inevitably, it will end in Angela crying and Lisa making out that she's a drama queen. I feel sorry for Angela. She should be out there, single, having a good time with people who appreciate her. I don't know the answer for Lisa. She's so controlling. I can't help but let it remind me of those... Those people from before, controlling, sociopathic, lacking any kind of empathy. These people are real. They exist. I wish they didn't. 
22nd of March 2020. I've been reading again today and thinking about George. Anastasia and I swapped a few texts, but we've made no plans to see each other anytime soon. I think she feels a bit strange now she knows how infatuated I am with a man. She's really not into men. There doesn't seem to be hard feelings though, which is good. I do like Anastasia a lot and would hate to hurt her. I haven't left the house at all, which is nice, and I feel cosy and safe here in my cocoon. I've drank several pre-mixed gin and tonic cans, but I'm not drunk. I might be slightly tipsy. I have my outfit laid out ready for tomorrow, including underwear. I'm going to wear a short black skirt that still work appropriate, with hold-up stockings. I'm matching them with a pair of black boots that are only just work appropriate, and a white blouse that I'll sneakily undo a few extra buttons on. I'm going to wear my hair down and naturally wavy. When we were out the other night, George complimented my dark wavy hair. He said it made me look exotic. I can't wait to see him. 23rd of March 2020 Oh my God, today was so hot. And I'm not talking about the weather, though that was all right too. George and I ended up in the lift together and he grabbed my ass. I felt myself weakening with desire and becoming extremely wet. He whispered into my ear, you and me need to fuck. Then the door opened. I've literally been aroused all day. My clitoris is twitching. Throughout the rest of the afternoon, we hardly swapped another word. He just looked at me, smiling subtly, then returned to his work. Nobody would suspect a thing which must be what he was trying to make sure of. I couldn't help but stare at him as he worked. His grey suit hugged his body. I wanted to tear it off. I'm burning with lust. 24th of March 2020 Paul called me to his office today for a performance review. I was almost overcome with anxiety, as I thought he might have noticed how strange I was around George. Thankfully, he said nothing of the sort. Apparently, I've been doing exceptionally well for a junior. It was so nice to get some praise. He says if I keep going like this, in a couple of months, I should be heading for a promotion. I was beaming as I walked back to my desk, and I'm sure my productivity tripled this afternoon as a result of my good mood. I didn't see much of George today, sadly. Tomorrow, I'm going to invite him for coffee after work. Something else did happen, though. On the way home, I went to the biker bar again. I don't even know why. I was just in a good mood and wanted to see people. Well, I wish I hadn't. I really wish I hadn't. When I arrived, more suspicious Ukrainians were there. I gasped in shock. I knew right then that I was no longer being paranoid. They'd found me. I walked towards the bar and ordered a drink. The Ukrainians left as they saw me but not before slipping a piece of paper into the barman's hand and whispering something. As he poured my pint, I demanded an explanation. Who were they? I said. What was that? What's that? I leaned over the bar, trying to grab the piece of paper. I felt crazed, like Angela when she was on something. Fred also stood at the bar, looked taken aback. Hey, hey, said the barman. Nothing. Chill. It's none of your business. I grabbed my pint and drank it in one go. Fuck you all, I said, storming out the pub. 
I'm not going back there for a while. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not sure I can handle the truth. I'm supposed to be escaping. I'm supposed to have escaped. 25th of March, 2020. George agreed to my coffee offer. Wow, he's the master of teas. I wanted to fuck him there and then, but he knew it, and he wasn't going to be easy. He let his leg rest on mine beneath the table, causing an electricity between us. He told me I was interesting and asked me about my past. A darkness flashed through my head, but I said very little. I told him I was from the Ukraine. Then I panicked. An incredible anxiety struck me. What if he was out to get me? He had the authoritative manner, the suit, the money. I didn't want to believe that, but the seed had been planted. I left in a hurry, feeling shattered. 26th of March, 2020. Because I didn't want to believe it, I didn't let myself for long. I'm back to happy infatuation when it comes to George. He's just too gorgeous. When he invited me out for a drink again tomorrow night, I said yes in a flash. I also apologised for last night, as did he. I realise I asked a sensitive question, he said. I'm sorry. A lot of us have pasts we'd rather not revisit. We agreed to talk about nothing but the future. As he said the word future, I watched his lips moving slowly. I wanted him so much, so much. I watched him sporadically throughout the day as we both focused on our work. He seemed to be extremely productive, which just made him more attractive to me. When will we be alone together? 27th of March, 2020. Before work this morning, Angela laughed at me. Wow, she said, you're very dressed up for a day in the office. I told her about George and she seemed impressed. Older lovers are often better, she mused. I nodded excitedly. God, I told her, I want to fuck him so badly. She laughed again. I'll stay out late tonight then, she said. Sadly, we've still not fucked. I'm at home now after another fantastic kiss and grope in the corner of a bar. Feeling his firm hands on me has turned me on more than ever before. Plus, there's even more promise. George says he might be able to meet me at the weekend. I have everything crossed. 28th of March, 2020. I'm writing this a day late because it happened. Wow, he was as good as I hoped it would be, and better. We shared long, passionate kisses before his hands explored my body. He moaned as he pushed his finger into my soaking warm pussy, and I grabbed his hard cock. It was even bigger than I'd hoped. His chest was hairy, and he had a mysterious tattoo on his back. I couldn't quite make it out. It was some kind of beast. George took his time with foreplay, not rushing to fuck me as he licked, fingered and kissed me. I ran my hands down his hot, tanned back, inhaling his manly scent. When he finally pushed his dick into me, we thrust in a steadily increasing rhythm. It was as though we were making majestic music, a symphony together. It grew and grew and I heard my own moans as I detached from them. I felt his hands on my body and felt his body with my hands. 
He gripped my hair and tugged it gently as he fucked me more and more roughly as he brought us both to a climax. After we'd came, he licked my body and lowered his tongue to my clit again. He brought me to a second orgasm, quickly before pinching my nipples gently between his fingers. George is the definition of a good lover. This morning we spent a long time in a 69. I followed his lead, sucking him softly and slowly as he licked me gently, then picking up the pace and taking his cock all the way to the back of my throat as he frantically moved his tongue across my clit. I've never been so sexually satisfied. Join us on Patreon for more of this. Finally, some exciting titles this month. <sighs> Refreshing. I really enjoyed Lockdown and Dirty because it kind of reminded me of my younger student days. Just to be clear, I never got sexually active with my housemates, but I do have a cohabitating story of sorts. I lived in a house that was just girls, apart from Benjamin, whose parents owned our student house. Now, for want of a better word... All of the Erotic Diary series titles can now be purchased in one book. The Erotic Diary series, season one, the complete anthology. You'll get the erotic diaries of Isabel, Danielle, Scarlett, and the Liaisons Anthology, presented in a single timeline, plus a bonus chapter ahead of Season 2. All links can be found in the description. Thanks for joining us. See you in a couple of months.